Oh, good morning, everybody. Well, we got a lot of people out. I, I, I've had several through the week tell me that they wouldn't be here today. They're out playing around in some other state and all kinds of different things. So um, maybe the guy with the $100 bills will come in today. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, praise the Lord. Plus, and the people that were at the wedding last night made it this morning. Yeah, so it's, you can't blame it on that, you know, just because we're all worn out. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but uh, they'll all be back. Maybe some of them will be out next week, too, so we're going to have fun. Uh, I'm going to be sharing this morning on his healing for today in our series. And, you know, we skipped one month. I told you all we'd do one a month and just continue that series for quite a while. So we're going to do part five today, and next weekend we're going to do part six. And then the next weekend we have a traveling evangelist from Oklahoma City that will be with us. Sometimes he's known as Pastor Kelly. So uh, he'll be doing that in two weeks. So uh, nobody ever goes to sleep when Kelly preaches. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, you, you know he's, he's preaching. He'll run up and down the aisles and back on the seat backs and everything else. So. Glory to God. I uh, want to remind everybody that um, we will be having a special worship night this Wednesday night with The Cloud. That's a worship group that goes all over town worshiping and uh, praise God. Brad hooked them and last sold them and brought them in. So it's 7 o'clock Wednesday night in the auditorium. Okay. Praise the Lord. And I know there's something else I was going to mention. What was it? Um, yeah, the, 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 this healing message has been pretty favorable online with the hits and everything. And I know some of it may be some of y'all are going back and re-listening to some of those things which you can do that very easily through our website or through YouTube. Our website is churchoftmrw.com, churchoftmrw.com. And YouTube, the best way to get it without having to go through several churches of tomorrows is search Church of Tomorrow 6800 in Bryant, and that'll, that'll get you right there. Because... Uh, there's a little bit of a confusion about the old first Christian church that was called that, was never named that, but it was called that because it had the dome and everything. And it's blown up now, so they'll probably die down a little bit about people talking about it. It, it was one church in town, a large church was going to buy it, and they ran into all the, the things it used to build buildings with and you don't build them with anymore, and it was going to cost more to get it ready than it was worth, period. So anyway... Uh, that's kind of those things. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for those of you that were participants in the wedding yesterday. That's really nice of you to, to do that. Uh, I guess it's kind of the whole front row all the way across, I guess. And Brother Brad back there, you know, you take him out of sight and he, you ain't got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Um, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
This message is needed by so many people. Our church needs it, but every church needs it. Every person needs it. The, the healing love of Jesus Christ is something he desires, and it's so misknown or misinformation, how whatever you want to say. God, help us to get this across to people. Holy Spirit, would you inspire? Would you bring revelation? Would you bring understanding? Would you open our eyes to see, ears to hear, and our hearts to understand exactly what you want to hear this morning, want us to hear this morning? And, and we're asking for that, and we're asking in faith, not doubting, because you are the God who said, I am the Lord that heals thee. And we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, for your promises that are yea and amen. We bless you and bless you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm enthused about what God's doing. How did y'all like Doc last weekend? Isn't he a marvel? Golly. Such, I just, wow. You know, I took him uh, over to Tulsa after the service uh, last week and after we had lunch and everything. And, you know, he's 82. He's legally blind. Okay. He reads up close okay, but, you know, like he said last week, I see trees <laughs> darkly, you know, like the guy in the scripture said. I take him to this hotel in Tulsa because he was going to be speaking at ORU for a presentation with his coaching things for young people. And we asked the desk attendant, how far is ORU from here? And he said, about a mile and a half, because I thought it was really about three miles. He said, it's a mile and a half. I said, okay. I said, Doc, you know how to use Uber? And he goes, well, yeah. I said, I wish that we had somebody just to escort you, take you around all week. But we don't, but we're going to get there. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry about that. He says, no, I'm, I'll walk over there. And I go, uh, it's a mile and a half, Doc. He said, oh, yeah. He says, Char, that's his wife. We get up every morning, walk three miles. Mile and a half is cakewalk. It, it's so inspiring to see someone like that. And he walks by faith, <laughs> literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's so inspiring. So if you missed that, it's on our website and YouTube. And it was a great, great message. Uh, Brad said in staff meeting last week, he thought it was one of the best services we've ever had with worship and the word presentation and everything. So uh, that was really great. Moving right along. There's a book that was first published in 1930. And then it was re-edited uh, by uh, Dr. Roy Hicks and Kenneth Hagin Sr. Uh, and reduced in size because it was one of these books. And it was written by Dr. D.J. McCroson. And uh, the name of the book is Healing in the Atonement. And he actually, he was a Greek and Hebrew scholar and uh, very specific, articulate, deep in the scriptures. So he wrote that book, and those two guys, Dr. Hicks and Brother Hagen, they put it where we can read it, <laughs> you know, and, and compressed it, you might say. So we're going to be relying heavily on that book uh, this week and next week and some other times because um, it, it just has a great way of putting things together. So uh, I want to first of all start off with what is the cause of sickness? What is the cause of sickness? 
Most of you know Genesis 2 and 3. We mentioned that quite a bit, but we really don't stop and read it. So we're going to take a look at it this morning and read it and, and let some revelation by the Holy Spirit come out. Uh, Genesis 2.15, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work. <laughs> this is before the fall. To work and to take care of it. So we're supposed to work. <laughs> Good place to say amen or oh me, whichever. And take care of it. Okay. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. Now, God and Adam walked in the cool of the morning, in the garden in the morning. And, and whatever that means, it means it's true. <laughs> okay? And God commanded Adam have what you will. Eat the fruit of any tree. But you will surely die the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then we skip to Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you must not eat from the tree? In any tree in the garden, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. She knew emphatically that we, she was not supposed to touch it, eat much less eat it. The devil comes back. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Here's the lust of the eye. See, she wasn't supposed to touch it, but she was looking at it. Okay? Don't look so smart. You would have done the same thing. And also desirable for gaining wisdom. Also desirable for gaining wisdom. So we're going to eat. You know, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen around today. If you take this pill, you'll be 10 times smarter. And after you take them for a year, you realize that you are smarter because you realize that thing doesn't do any good. So you're getting smarter. <laughs> and also de desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And nobody's there except for each other, and the Lord's there, and the animals are there. But they were ashamed because they were naked. Now, if it's just you and your wife, or just you and your husband, and there's nobody else around, you're going to be ashamed? See, this is just the thing that they knew something that happened to them. And as a result, 
they tried to cover themselves and we'll never be able to cover our own sins. Never, ever, ever. Verse 8, Then the man and the wife heard, about, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Hide from God. Psalmist says, even if I go to hell, you're there. <laughs> but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Sounds like a mom calling her little four-year-old. Where are you? And all you can see is their feet sticking out from behind the couch. <laughs> but they're hiding their face. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I command you not to eat from? Did you go into the, in the, the refrigerator and take some of that apple pie? And some of it's missing. It's kind of messy around it. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Curse is the ground because of you. Though painful toil you eat, will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you will eat the plants of the field. Oh, we're not eating the fruit of the trees anymore. By the sweat of your brow you will eat food until you return to the ground. <laughs> Since from it you were taken from the dust you are, and to dust you will return. That's the bad news. You know, we talk about crime, C-R-I-M-E, the acronym, creation. Okay. Now we have what? R, rebellion. Man has rebelled against God. The point here is that we're wanting to see the sin, sickness, and death all tied together. That's what we're trying to get at eventually. That's our purpose in what we're talking about. Satan is the originator of all sin, Thus, he's the originator of all sickness. In other words, if there was no sin, then there would be no sickness. You know, Adam and Eve lost their ability to walk with God the way they used to because they died that day spiritually. Okay? They were spiritually alive until they ate of that. So in the day that they died... And we're going to read some more about that, of course, and get some understanding. But, you know, after all, they sinned. They had to, she, she pays, has the penalty of childbearing, birth, pain. He has the penalty of walking. He no longer can he walk barefooted in the grass because there's grass birds all over the place. Okay. And the serpent lost his legs. So he, he's in trouble too. Um, that's a little joke. Okay. I don't like cutting Romans 5 short because it's extremely for us to understand that chapter. It's the overall redemption plan of God. 
But uh, I want to take a quick look at some things in, in Romans 5 today. And now we go from creation, rebellion, to the intervention from the time of the fall to the time of the cross. Everything God did in that, that period, that era, if you would, was to be able to get Jesus here. When the fullness of time came, then he came, was born of a virgin, he grew up, he did his ministry, and he died on the cross as the payment for our sins because we couldn't pay for our own sins. The life is in the blood, and the blood of man has been tainted, and so it's no longer able to make the sacrifice. It took a perfect man and God only can do that because he's the only perfect one. So God took upon flesh and became man, still maintaining his full Godhead deity, but also becoming 100% man at the same time, the duality of Jesus Christ. That's so important. So many times we talk about, well, Jesus paid for our sins, or Jesus died on the cross for our sins. People need to understand what that means. It's not just something he, he died on the cross for our sins. Well, some people think that means everybody's okay now, which is a fallacy. Some people don't really understand what it means at all. I know I didn't for years. But when you're born again, then that's when you become a new creation, a spiritual creation, a creation uh, that didn't exist before in your body, inside of you, the one that's part with God. And that's so important, but we can't do that unless we have been cleared and forgiven of sins. Jesus forgave our sins because he paid for the sins that you and I could never, ever, ever, ever pay for. So we have a choice of getting to heaven one of two ways, Jesus Christ or our great works. And you can't work enough to earn that. So if you, if you wanna go by your works, I'm just going to be blunt. Is that okay? You're going to hell. If you have confidence in yourself as a good person, you're going to hell. We need to have trust, full trust, 100% trust in Jesus Christ, him only. Jesus plus anything is nothing. Everything minus everything except Jesus is everything. Jesus plus everything or anything is nothing. It's all him. There's no other way. He's the only one that did and could even do it. Pay for our sins. Pay the, the penalty. That's the reason we're saying that there is healing in the atonement. That's the only place you can find it. Now God does things for certain reasons and he's put our bodies in some abilities but healing comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And it's ours as Christians to be able to walk in the fullness of healing. Romans 5, 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You qualify for Christ dying for you because you were the ungodly. I was the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ 
died for us. Since we've now been justified by his blood, the only way justification comes, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? God doesn't have any choice but to bring wrath. He has to punish bad behavior. He has to punish bad behavior because if he didn't, he wouldn't be just. God is a just God. Bad behavior deserves punishment. If you go down the street, the highway, 100 miles an hour, you deserve to get a ticket. Maybe they'll throw you in jail for going that fast. Okay? And somebody's going to have to pay for it. Okay? That's just a little bitty simple of eternity and how important it is that we have someone to pay for our sins. He's already done it. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, brought back to God, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That's Zoe life, the God kind of life. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. And death is the ultimate of sin. There again, this starts to substantiate the closeness of sickness and sin, of death and sin, of the Lord's redemptive plan. And his redemptive plan is not only to be born again, but it's to bring healing. And somebody would already think, well, you know, I prayed and I didn't get healed. Well, let's talk about that a little bit later, okay? You know, we're not living in a perfect world and we are not perfect people. And praise God for, for a bunch of good doctors because at 19 years of age, if I didn't get my appendix out, I would have died. That's a long time ago, 100 and something years, Kelly. What? <laughs> anyway, long time ago, but I needed that surgery to live. So I'm not saying that everything's perfect in this, but I am saying it's available and we need to receive it and trust it. And God will give us all kinds of different ways to be able to enjoy the benefits of becoming whole. There are a number of New Testament references in the Gospels that substantiate the fact that sin forgiveness is coupled with healing. Now, that doesn't mean if somebody's having trouble with healing that they're a sinner. Y'all are sinners, and you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? And you've been redeemed. You've been purchased. Okay? So let's not cast stones at other people. Because we probably need to look and concern about our own selves. Amen. Praise God. Um, we covered a, a story several weeks ago at the man at the pool of Bethesda. I just want to read one verse. You can go back and check that previously if you'd like. But John 5, 14. Jesus later found this same man he had just healed at the temple. And he said to him, so you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. 
Okay? Now, does this guy never sin again? Of course not. That's silly. But the fact of it was he was in some sin that he shouldn't have been. And it's a recurring thing. And he should have been out of it. And Jesus told him, don't do that anymore. Okay? He may have been stealing candy from five-year-old kids. I don't know what he was doing. But it's connected with sickness. There are a lot of other verses. We're going to look at some just pretty quickly here. But Mark chapter uh, 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, the people that he had... Uh, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. Remember, they're dirt roofs. And then Lord, the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I love this for several reasons, this piece of scripture. Verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They knew that they could not be forgiven of sins except through the Lord. Now, they were back in the old practices, which was nothing more than just a time that God used to get the Israelites through it. Okay? They looked forward to the cross. Isaiah 53 talks about the cross, talks about Messiah, talks about what was available for them in the future. They looked forward for healing, just like we look back to the cross for healing. Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. So this is God only can forgive sins. And they knew that. That's the reason the religious people got irritated at Jesus by saying your sins are forgiven, because anybody that says your sins are forgiven like that was claiming to be God. They didn't kill Jesus because he was love, because he was nice, because he healed people, because he went about with compassion. They killed Jesus because he said he was God. And it's all through the New Testament. He says it time again and time again. And we'll talk about that some Sunday. But scripture after scripture shows that Jesus said he was God. That's the reason they put him on the tree. It's because he said Sins are forgiven, and only God can forgive sins. Amen? So, in a rather powerful example of what we can see for our day and time with Peter preaching, uh, in Acts chapter 10, 37, and I love 10, 38, 
Acts 10, 37. He says, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John, John preached. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Okay? So Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to set people free, to heal them, to cast demons out of them, to do whatever was necessary, to give them a miracle. Again, this proves that Satan is a culprit of sickness because God has a, an antithesis, antithesis, yeah, got one of them, uh, antithesis called Satan. And everything that Satan is, God is the opposite of everything God is, Satan's opposite of. Okay? So when God was with him and he was healing people, that means his enemy was the one who had brought this about. Now, there are some things you can get hurt cause your own healing. The devil doesn't even have to be involved in it. The devil could be, but he didn't have to be. You might just be dumb for that second. You know, I fell over and broke my hip. Well, what were you doing? Well, I was climbing that ladder six feet up and reaching out there for that apple tree, you know. I mean, we've done some dumb things. I know I have. Yeah. I, uh, I think I may have shared this once before, but it, it bears witness to do it again. Uh, Brother Mora was a bishop from Nigeria and a, a good friend. We, I've known him for years and years. And uh, one day he was visiting me when I was in Texas and I had a, a, a breakfast with a couple of other pastors weekly. And this particular morning we had another pastor so it was two Assembly of God pastors and the Nazarene pastor and then the crazy-matic, I mean the charismatic preacher like me. And we were all having breakfast with Brother Moore. And Brother Moore is talking about healing. And the Nazarene guy says, well, what about if God is putting something on them to teach them something? Now that doesn't mean that if you get sick, you can't learn something from it. <laughs> better learn something from it if you can, if you can. And it may just be the fallen world that's after you. See, you, you don't have to be sinful because you're living in the effects of a fallen world. It, if you're walking through your backyard and you get a sticker in your foot, that's not because you sinned, okay? That's because there was a devil that caused those stickers, okay? It's the same way. Driving down the road, you get a nail in your tire. God didn't put that nail there to stop you. Now, he could if he wanted to, but 99 times out of 98, it's because there's a nail in the ground, in the road. Okay? I want to make that clear. Brother Mora goes in his Nigerian accent the best I can do. He says, if you read the Bible, you will see that sickness is a spirit. So much for your Nazarene theology. I mean, he just, boom. Brother Moore didn't beat around the bush. He just came right to it. 
I love that about him. If you read the Bible, you will see that sickness is a spirit. And many times the Bible points that out. And so what we need to realize is that could be the cause. Yes, it's caused by the chief bad evil spirit. But things happen. We have weaknesses in our bodies. You know, that's the reason we need healing. We have infirmities. We have things that happen. You know, it's, not everybody looks like Chris and, and Sarge when he's here. You know, like, mm, mm, mm. Some of us look like Terry and me. And maybe not quite so much, you know. But the thing of it is, healing is for today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. And we need to realize that we live in a fallen world. And there is an enemy. And he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the word from you. He wants to kill your body. And he wants to destroy your soul in hell. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and you have it more abundantly. So let's get it straight. Let's seek God. And let's see what God will do when he's given the opportunity and when we trust him. You know, if you're taking prescriptions, pray over them. Pray over them. If you're taking supplements, pray over them, just like you do your food. Everything that's received with thanks, the word thanksgiving and prayer is sanctified, the Bible says. Doesn't make any difference what it, drink water, pray over it. Thank, just thank you in Jesus' name, Father. That's the word, that's thanksgiving, and that's prayer. Okay? That, and, and believe what you say. Do it in faith. Just don't do it because it's a religious practice. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray for thee, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake up or something like that, and take me anyway, okay? No, that's, no, we have meaningful prayer. You don't have to draw out a prayer for 35 minutes to bless all the missionaries in order to eat a hamburger, okay? But you need to be grateful to God and thankful attitude and thank him for that hamburger, it may have something in it you don't want to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, things happen in our world. You read paper almost every... Paper. Nobody reads a paper. Re read on the internet, you know, about people getting poisoned accidentally or there's a recall on five million gallons of something, something water or drink or food or that particular case of eggs in it wasn't actually chicken eggs. It was some old dinosaur eggs they dug up. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen in this world. And so we just be grateful. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God for your provision. He's your provider. We'll thank him for your provision. You know, don't just pray for money. It's okay to pray for money. If you need some funds or something, God may do it another way. No, he's not going to give you another credit card. Okay, let's not go into that. But the truth of it is, God wants to be our provider in everything. He wants to provide healing. He wants to provide a healed mind. Oh, yeah. How many, how many times do you hear about mental health these days? Some of that is spirit from the other side. Some of it's influence. Some of it's possessed. 
I'm not saying everybody that has a mental problem is demon possessed, but I'm going to tell you that a lot of people are. A lot of people with unforgiveness have harbored that and have received that and it's hurting them. A lot of people have such anxiety and such trauma from the past, all these different things. And that's what a lot of cancers cause from. That's what a lot of uh, uh, digestive issues are caused from. A lot of other things, just because we don't eat right. You know, we don't have to do it as a mandated ritual, but we ought to be thankful about what we're doing and not eat a gallon of half ice cream every day. Now you went to Madeline. I'm going to cut it down to a gallon in a pint. Well, uh, keep on. <laughs> cut a pint out every week for the next month and we'll, we'll be back into reason. But we thank God. Well, God, you deliver all the calories out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, moving right along. You're the one sticking it in your mouth. There's something else that our study needs to point out. Healing and miracles are not necessarily the same thing. We, we don't need to confuse them. As we progress in this sub-series, we will pour more revelation into the picture that can be poured out for us. I talked to a couple yesterday. I met them last night and was talking to them. And uh, they had a praise report. And this is awesome. Their daughter uh, was conceived of a child. And when they did the sonograms and through the series of the next weeks, this little girl in the womb had no heart. None. And they all began to pray and seek God. And God started putting a heart in this little girl. And as they progressed, he was telling me, he says, there was a valve that appeared that wasn't there before. And then several weeks later, there's another valve. It was a reconstructive heart. That's not a healing. That's a, that's a reconstructive miracle. That's God making something out of nothing in this little girl, girl's heart. They showed me a picture of her. I says, she's not hurting for food, is she? <laughs> but God completely put this heart in her. And the doctor said, well, she's going to have problems, probably be weak, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. None of it's true. But God. But God. But God. And if you've never been close to a situation, anything like that, it is so wonderful that God did a miracle. And these grandparents were standing in the gap, and other people were standing in the gap for this little girl. And what couldn't happen, happened. You know, Tim Tebow, they, the, the doctor tried to get the mom to abort him what a specimen of a body <laughs> baseball football you name it he's good at it and he's also good at praising God yes amen we have so much to be thankful for you know I've got six grandkids two great grandkids they're healthy the twins were premature weighed 4.2 pounds together scales at the same time a couple of months premature God came through and now they both play soccer if you had them on their team you wouldn't know what to do with them you know in fact Max plays on an older team than he is and he's just a small kid 
Got so much to be thankful for. Why do we go around griping and complaining about stuff? Well, I have to do this or I have to do that or I've got to go to the doctor. I've got to do... Folks, praise God. Give the, doc, you know, give the doctor a chance and, and ask for wisdom for him. Ask for wisdom for you. My wife, when she was under attack with the, the big C and all that stuff, you know, she's, I'm not taking... Um, what? Yeah, she took some radiation, but she didn't take chemo. They said she's going to die in four years. She lived to be, you know, lived 10 more years, or 10 years. Okay, well, somebody would say, well, how come she didn't get totally healed? She is. She is. Praise God. Had to hold that first great-grandbaby first. Yeah. I ought to get that, Brad to put the picture of Aaliyah up with the little stuffed animal we got her the other day. Thank you. <laughs> Just grinning more than you can grin. Healthy. Little Isaiah was born and he had some breathing problems and y'all prayed and we prayed. And hallelujah, you'd know it, never know it today. God, thankful for the things that God has given us. Sometimes we look at the problems and they grow. Look and give thanksgiving and let them grow. Let the benefits of what the hand of God on anything does, it brings life. I go in my backyard and I got a tree that's looking bad. I say, I speak life to you, tree. Amen. Yeah. I don't know what my neighbors think and I don't care what they think. I want that big tree to keep on growing. <laughs> yeah, it gives me shade and protection from the sun. Yeah. Praise God. Why don't we speak life? Amen. Hey, this is not an easy world to live in. There's all kinds of chate out there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there. But so what? You got soap and water, don't you? Okay. Well, you got the word to wash your brain. You know, keep you going right. Holy fervency for the things of God. I don't, I, what, I, Kelly and I were talking earlier, that song we sang, you know, uh, Shane and Shane, I believe it is, we don't want to just live, we want to have life. Yes. So much different. That plant's living. I want life, the life of God. Boy, I've got to be careful, I'll get ahead of next week's message, but uh, it, it's, never cease to be amazed with the awe of God. Oh my goodness. He's so wonderful. He does stuff that we don't even realize. How many times is he protected you getting you killed on the highway that you don't even know about? Whatever we might be thinking about healing, healing was in the atonement. That's what's important. That's what we're trying to stress today. It's not God's fault. God gave explicit directions of what to do. And if God hadn't have done it that way, he wouldn't have been just, just like Allah. He, he, he's not just because he just forgives for the heck of it. I can forgive you, don't forgive you. Forgive you, not you. No, there's no atonement. God died for you only in Christianity. 
That's the reason Jesus is the only way, because he's the only one that died for you. The only one that could, the only one that would. There's a song like that we sing too. It's only you would, it's only you could. It's only you could, it's only you would. Brother Ben sings. This is such a wonderful life that we have. And so many Christians are going to church on Sunday morning. Oh, I got a little makeup. Okay. Yes, I'm in church Sunday morning. And I'll be gone in 43 minutes. And come back again next week. Bullcorn. He's supposed to live it 24-7. He's made it available for us. He's reached out and touched us. He's put his spirit in us. Oh, the, long, the days that people long for that. Just had a glimpse that he's going to do it. Jeremiah prophesied, I will walk in you, I will talk in you, and I will be your God and you'll be my people. And people had to go, oh, for those days to come. Just like now, the sons of men are waiting and groaning for the day of total redemption to be at hand. Oh, Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, come quickly. Maranatha. Hallelujah. Brad, we got to do Jesus. Come, Jesus, come. Oh, I love that song. I love that song. I'm out of time, so what? There's, there's many ways to receive healing, and we're going to talk about that through these different times. There's gifts of healings. When we talked about the manifestation of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, we talked about the fact that those aren't gifts, they're manifestations, all nine of them, except for one of them. And one of them is called out specifically and called gifts, and it's the gifts of healing. Gifts of healings. Read 1 Corinthians 12. Read it with the Holy Ghost, not your religious background. He says, concerning spiritual things, I don't want you to be ignorant. When God says that, guess what? He doesn't want us to be dumb. Okay? Gifts of healings are there. And you may, you, you may say, well, I haven't received my healing yet, but I'm believing for it best I can. Well, let somebody else talk to you about it. Maybe somebody's got the gifts of healings, and that will be a manifestation of God as He will. See, that comes and goes. The manifestations do. Is as the Spirit will. That has nothing to say, though, about healing in the atonement. Because that is available anytime, all the time. There's also laying on of hands, according to James. Okay? So, that's another way of helping the elders. If any of you sick among you, let him call for the elders' church. And the prayer of faith, they shall lay hands and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. We'll get into that more as coming up in months too. Um, those, those things, that, like I say, we'll cover them more. According to the book, reason number one for healing in the atonement, number one, is that God still heals today. Why? Because he's always healed. Exodus 15, 26. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands, keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. God pronounced in the Old Testament, 
that I am the Lord that heals you. God healed people in the Old Testament and he never changes. Malachi 3.6 I am the Lord and I do not change. I am Yahweh and I do not change. I do not change. I do not change. Oh. Now, a good exegesis would ask a couple of questions concerning this statement because when we look at Old Testament scriptures, we need to see who that was for. Was it expressly for the Israelites or was it for everybody? There's several different ways to, to go back and discover that. So we, earlier in this same series, we, we studied Isaiah 53. Okay? Who has, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Okay? Isaiah 53, all the way through Isaiah, it's only got like 12 verses. But Jesus in Matthew 8, 17 refers, uh, uh, he's referred about Jesus in Matthew 8, 17. Himself took our infirmities and wore our sicknesses. Okay? That is right out of Isaiah 53. And then Peter over here in 1 Peter 2.24 said that who his own self bore our sins on the cross, that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 copied again. So it was copied for the church in the New Testament. So that means the Old Testament healing is for us today. Okay? So we want to make sure that we look at that because there's promises strictly to the Jewish people during the time of the intervention that are not in the time. We live in the time of a mission, C-R-I-M, mission. We live in that time. We want to make sure a good exegesis of the Bible says that. Uh, Matthew 8, uh, starting with verse 5, speaks about the healing, healing the servant of the centurion, pointing out that healing was available to all, not just the Jewish people. He was a Roman centurion. Jesus operated in the Old Covenant. So people in the Old Covenant could be healed even though they weren't Jewish. Okay, it's real important that we understand that he was for everybody. Okay? Um, in 2 Kings 5, we, we did this some months back. Naaman the leper was a Syrian army commander. And he went and dunked in the river Jordan, a slush pot. And he got healed of leprosy. And he didn't even know Yahweh. But it was done for a purpose. And it was actually a gift of healing that the prophet had. And he spoke it. He didn't even touch it. Hey, servant, go out there and tell that guy, go dip in the water seven times, he'll be healed. And the army commander goes, huh, I'm not going to dirty, dirty myself in that filthy river. He starts riding, and they stop him and said, Sir, uh, if you go do it, I think it'd work for you, okay? Well, I am tired of this leprosy. Didn't come here for nothing, so I'll go back and try it. Seven times. Oh, my gosh. There is a living God. There is a living God. Hallelujah. Love those kind of stories. Since we will prove later in the series that healer is part of the redemption, then it is for us today and everyone who believes in faith. Redemption to salvation is key. In fact, next week, maybe you need healing. Okay? Well, you can, see, you can receive it right now where you are. You can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And, well, I didn't get healed right on the spot. The Bible doesn't say that. 
It says, through faith and patience, you receive the promises. Have some patience. Let patience have her perfect work, the Bible says. And you got a Bible, right? Well, read it. Check it out. What does Romans 10, 17 say? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the message of Christ. Let's actually read it. Uh, Romans 10, 16. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And now if he's a little different than some other translations, that's so meaningful. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And if you have an issue with maybe you've got some financial lack, read the word about Christ and finances. If you need help in healing, read what the Word says about healing. Meditate on it. Revolve it in your mind. Get more scripture. Dig into it. Read it in different translations. Get a strong concordance out. Find what some of those words mean. This is all so important. Read it again. Read it out loud. Let yourself hear it. Hallelujah. Read it like you mean it. Put your own name in it. I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I that live, that he that lives in me, the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And he says, by his stripes I was healed. I'm healed, body, do you hear me? Be healed in Jesus' name. Act like a blooming idiot, that's okay. Whatever it takes. I call heaven and earth together this day according to the scriptures. I am healed. Jesus died for me and his atonement has bought me and purchased me healing. I was in that bathroom of my business that day, 1985, throwing up. Walls are a little thin between the offices and the bathroom, etc. I'm in there going, body, you're healed in the name of Jesus. <coughs> I have read the word, and your word promises me, Father, that by his stripes I was healed. <coughs> I, was <coughs> I was healed. I go in there and tell, I work for me. So I'm going home, rest my body. He goes, I heard you in there quoting those verses. I said, yeah, I'm sure it did. It works. I said, I'm going to go rest my body because it's been through a little trauma here. I didn't throw up again until 1991. That was in 85. And that was when I was in India eating curry for the 89th time. And I didn't do it again except one time since then. I'm not saying it because I'm so smart or so great or so fantastic or so. No, I'm telling you because it's the truth and because God gets the glory and I get the fun. Praise God. Praise God. But I got serious with that stuff. I didn't go, oh, I don't want to offend the devil. Or, oh, I, I, I know that somebody else said that this worked. No. It was a demand and a call telling the devil where he can go. And stuff it. By the name of Jesus. The name that's above all names. It's named in earth, heaven, and underneath it. That's how great God is. Devil juice under my feet. Yes. 
Oh, got some devil juice there. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. You got some of that last night, didn't you? <laughs> praise God. Praise God. That's what healing is all about. I call heaven and earth together. Listen to me. The word of God says, the word of God says, the word of the living God says. This is not naming and claiming. Don't say that. Don't let that stuff run, your, run or ruin your life. There are people that do that. I just call that, you know, call me a new Cadillac or call me this. Or that. No, that's name it and claim it. We're taking the word of God, the promises of God that Jesus died and rose again for to show you he, he, everything he said was true. He was raised from the dead. Somebody is raised from the dead after three days, buried. I'm going to listen to them. Because there's only one that's ever done it. Only one. Only one. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to listen to him. Don't get confused with the name it and claim it stuff. And don't, don't use that terminology. We're appropriating the promises. And we must believe the promise and we speak the promises that you know faith has a voice and it speaks. Abraham, Romans 4, Abraham said, call those things, be like your father Abraham, the father of your faith, who call those things that be not as though they already were. That's scriptural. It's not saying, I'm not sick. I don't have sickness. No. You say, I am receiving my healing. I'm receiving my healing. It's been done. I'm thanking God for it because his word says, I have been whole. And get serious about it and stop the devil. Amen. I'm tired of seeing people just walking around and, and going, well, so, so, somebody pray, pray for me. I had those other people pray for me and those other people pray for me. Those other people pray. Hey, it may be good intentions. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to say, wake up. Wake up. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's just so wonderful. I haven't had fever since 1985. <laughs> and I'm nothing special. I'm just another guy who decided to make a decision and stick with it. I've had some things since then. Yeah, you know I have. But I, the thing about it is I always go back to God. And thank him for the fact, now I thank him, and we're going to get into that later on, how we thank him in advance. Because we appropriate the promises in advance. Oh, does he lead me, guide me, teach me, train me, mentor me? Yes, he does. And I count on him. He is my provider. He provides what? Everything he said he would. And then some. God is not my slot machine. He's not my lottery ticket. He's my life. He's my life. Folks, fall in love with Jesus all the way. All the way. We have so many Christians just walking around and they go to church on Sunday or they read their Bible maybe every day. I, I met a Mormon kid here recently that he reads the Bible every day. And some other stuff. I'm going to go into that. So what? You're religious. You have the life of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins. 
There's a difference. Huge. I want to live the life, the full life that he's given me. And I do that by his mercy, life in the past, and his grace and power in the future. And he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. But I'm on that road, that right road, by grace, because he saved me to the bone. And that's an experience that we need to realize for all of us. We're going to fall off the road every now and then. Okay? None of us are perfect. But His mercy is ever enduring. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. That's what the Bible is for. It's for us to get this, renew our minds, and declare it. Declare it. Declare it. The devil cannot stand against the sword of the Spirit. Slay the dragon. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Kelly. Now I can even be louder. <laughs> Wait, you can't leave now. <laughs> I've made him do that recently several times. <laughs> I say things or do things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, the anointing to remove burdens and destroy yokes. We thank you, Father, that your word is made alive and it is a rhema to us and it's changing us even as we have heard it. We just thank you for faith rising up, Father, in each one of us. And we thank you for its progression and for its increase as we move forward from this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, amen. You got to get that A in there, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I want us to start off uh, with our uh, uh, time after the message by uh, being reminded about once a month we um, spotlight uh, missions of different kinds. And uh, this month is going to be India. Everyone say India. India. And uh, with India, uh, they've recently uh, brought in a new leader. And the new leader, I think his last name is Modi, and uh, he is Hindu. And uh, he is uh, part of uh, the radical Hindu side. And so they're passing legislation that is becoming more anti-Christian uh, as they move along. And so we want to be praying for India, the Christians in India, uh, that, because there's an increase of persecution uh, different in each state, uh, but there is an increase overall. In some areas, a huge increase. And human rights activists are beginning to see what's taking place. So we want God to have his perfect plan to go forth and that Christ the kingdom of God will still advance. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Now we have um, uh, the Easter Doss family. We have two of them that, that we uh, help with financially through the course of, of the year. Uh, and they have a free accredited school that we help with. And that there's also an orphanage uh, that is uh, part of their ministry. And we actually get to pour into them in that way. And uh, so if you sense the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart to give, you know, just set that money aside and, and we will make sure it gets to them. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Pastor Dan was uh, sharing about uh, some wonderful uh, testimonies. And, and I was reminded as I was thinking about the offering, um, it, it, many years ago, when I was first going into the workforce, uh, I remember not having much money at all. Uh, and uh, the, my pastor at the time had shared and said, you know what, you need to be giving off of your gross and not out, out of your net income. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> it's all I can do, do, the, do the net. And, uh, and I had very little. But I knew one thing, my God had been faithful to me. And there were times, okay, where I would sit in my apartment and I would turn out all the lights. I would not turn on my air conditioning, probably based out of fear, okay, out of lack. And I would sit in the dark and I would eat uh, Cheetos. Not even the brand name Cheetos, but the generic brand. The big two pound bag that's for 99 cents back then. And I had it for, you know, sometimes three meals a day. I would not turn on the air conditioning and it was July, okay? And, but I was uh, wanting to be frugal. I wanted to make sure that I had what was needed, but I kept tithing in the midst of that, even though it wasn't much. And then I took the step of faith and I tithed off of my gross, not just off of my net. And even out of the small amount that I had, which was less than uh, $8,000 a year, less than $8,000 a year. And God was faithful. And when I needed that rent at the end of the month, and it was nowhere even close what I needed. And I had someone from church that knew not what I was dealing with and said, I would like for you to clean my house uh, a certain amount of days. And I'd like for you to uh, tutor uh, my Down syndrome uh, boy. And I will give you the first month right now. And do you know it was exactly what I needed for that um, monthly rent? And then God took care of everything after that. Okay? He is a faithful God no matter what. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, he is faithful. I'm reminded in Genesis 28, verses 20 through 22. Uh, if you will be with me... Uh, it's, it's uh, I think it was Isaac, okay, that was saying, if you will be with me and will watch over me, God, all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. And does God watch over you? Is he with you? We should be giving. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you know that two in five Christians practice giving 10% or more? That's the latest statistic. Two out of five give 10% or more. Okay? Let us not be one of those. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so uh, if you are tithing, giving offerings or with missions, uh, we, we do uh, the tithes and offerings, you know, through uh, texting. We do online giving. We uh, also get the envelope there in the back. You know very well how to flow that way. Hallelujah. Amen? Yeah. And now, uh, a last few things before we uh, finish here. Wednesday, this Wednesday, Pastor Dan sh uh, shared with us, you know, the cloud worship is at 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Come, be a part. God is good. And he loves his children giving praises. Yeah? Hallelujah. And then, um, uh, how many of you filled out this survey last week? Raise your hand if you did. If you did, D-I-D. <laughs> now, if you did not fill out that survey, would you raise your hand? If you did not, Chris, would you look and see? Chris has the package, not package, but the stack of, of surveys, okay, for you, okay? If you did not fill it out, he will be there in the back, okay? Hallelujah. To pass those out to those of you who have not yet filled that survey out. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, last of all, it is 4th of July weekend. Okay. And uh, we just say bless the Lord. God bless America. Uh, where you go, we speak the blessing of the Lord over you. You are covered, protected, and kept. Hallelujah. May you be light in the midst of dark areas. Hallelujah. May you not be afraid uh, to share the things of God as he stirs you and as the opportunities come your way. Amen. Hallelujah. You will be bold because the Holy Spirit gives you what? Boldness. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the what? The power of God unto salvation for all who believe, first for the Jew and then Gentile. And we're Gentiles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brought in because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I'm preaching. Stand, please. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wait, two weeks from now. <laughs> uh, Father, thank you for these wonderful people of God these brothers and sisters. We thank you that we have one another, but mostly that we have you. Help us to keep our eyes on you, the author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith. Help us to take the word and then to release it, Father, like a dam releases the waters, hallelujah, so that it may flow downstream to those who are in need. We thank you for it all, and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in the power and the grace of God. Hallelujah.